This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ying.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. She pulled my hair with my lipstick on, in a glass of purple dry. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV, radio, terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Uh, very quickly, before I formally introduce my guest, I just want to thank my corporate sponsors, Halt and Honda, and Forever for believing in the content of my program and the yumminess that my guest of each week brings to the program and the listening audience. I also wish to thank my friends and family over a C-Suite radio network, where, of course, following the live show, you can also find the podcast link uploaded to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, my host page. So who is my guest today? Well, my guest is an amazing, brilliant gentleman by the name of Scott Armstrong. So who's Scott? Well, what I can tell you is that Scott started his career in the financial sector, assessing credit risk, and has expanded to helping companies create and grow profitable client relationships. Making a significant passion pivot, Scott left the financial sector to create Canada's largest endangered animal sanctuary and education centre. Working with tigers, wolves, jaguars, mountain lions, Scott was voted Environmental Friend of the Year and gave over 300 educational presentations on endangered animals and spaces each year. Scott returned to school in 1993 to get his degree in education and became a school principal in Vancouver, BC without even having taught a class. Migrating to teaching at UBC and BCIT in 2007, Scott became the Director of Corporate Training and personally has worked with over 500 clients, helping them develop executable plans for ongoing success. Author of two books, Start Me Up, an Entrepreneur's Guidebook, and True Cost, a techno thriller, Scott pivoted in 2012 from his director position, determined to pursue his passion of helping others live their lives fully through his programs, Adventures 5.0 and Passion Pivots. This includes helping military personnel transition to vibrant civilian lives and creating an online career academy for the CFL to help players when they leave football. He has led multiple charitable trips to Kenya and Vietnam, and at the age of 56, has completed nine tough mutters with his Adventure 5.0 tribe. Wow, what a repertoire. Welcome to the program, my friend. How are you, Scott? Hey, Lisa. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks. Well, absolutely amazing. I can't get over all these accomplishments, but uh, certainly behind the scenes when we were in advance prepping for this particular day, and I've been so excited uh, and grateful for your time here. I just 
couldn't believe when I read everything that you had accomplished. I thought, wow, this guy is definitely living fearlessly. And so what I always do, although my followers and my listeners would know that this is a very unscripted, organic conversation, what I like to do, though, is start by asking my guest of each week, what was the inception of your journey? How did this all unfold for you, Scott? Because this is quite riveting. I mean, you wear a lot of different hats. You've done a lot of different things. But underlying all of it is passion. So has passion yeah. always been at the forefront of everything for you throughout the course of your journey? It, it absolutely has. When I was in the banking sector and I was meeting a whole bunch of business owners doing all these cool things, including a group, if you remember, called the Nylons. I, I just saw all these uh, cool entrepreneurs doing things. I realized I was on the wrong side of the, the business desk. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, after a while, I, I said, you know what? Uh, I, I know I'm helping them with banking. I learned the financial side and uh, I uh, I 86'd it out of the, the banking cubicle and uh, came out to Whistler for the first time. And Yay, I and, Yay Whistler, I know. I love Whistler. Yeah. <laughs> And that's where we'll finish our interview because we could talk about all day about Whistler. But I bartended for a season and said, you know, everyone else I had met through the bank was doing what they wanted to do. What was my piece? So uh, saved enough tip money. I went to Diamond Head, that side of uh, Honolulu, Waikiki, and sat up the top there and said, if I could do, because back then I was using the word if rather than I right. will do. Um, so forgive me for that transgression. You're forgiven. <laughs> You're forgiven. And uh, and I said, you know, I'd love to work with wildlife. I've always been an outdoors kind of guy. And, uh, you know, so came back to uh, Toronto, my hometown, and uh, said, that's great. How many jobs are there working with wildlife? And, uh, you know, the grand sum of zero came up. And uh, But I didn't let that stop me. Uh, you know, your early 20s, you're full of uh, hiss and vinegar, so to yes. speak. And um, so I found an endangered animal sanctuary in downtown Toronto that housed exotic wildlife, abandoned pets, lions, tigers, all that kind of piece. And uh, I helped them and then I helped them raise money. And uh, it was a great experience. And uh, as any entrepreneur will tell you, you know, it's great to work for somebody else. But as you do know as well, you know, it's great working for yourself. So um I set up, uh, I bought a farm just south of Peterborough, Ontario. I hooked up with an accredited zoological institution and we started taking in abandoned exotic pets and circus animals and raising funds to do rehab and release work with them. Absolutely amazing. What an exciting adventure you've been on. But, uh, you know, what I'm always interested as well to know, Scott, is, you know, for the people who I showcase here on a consistent basis, you know, at the common thread of everything, uh, regardless of who it is I'm showcasing and what they're known and recognized for, there's always this element of underlying gratitude and, and paying it forward and being of service. And certainly for all the yummy things that you've incorporated into the tapestry of your life, there's always been that. So who has paid it forward and been of service to you that was the role model, the example? in terms of leadership and you then understanding that that's very much an essential core ingredient to living a full abundant life you know that's I've never been asked that question so pause for thought so I can give you a decent response um, you know I wish my dad were still alive and, and I would tell you my father was always volunteering as was my mother uh, so it started right you know right at home that uh, you know, if you can help somebody out, you know, do that type of thing. And I, as I take a look at my high school friends, you know, from uh, Toronto, uh, Paul and, and Becky and Mike, uh, they're still friends, you know, here we are, you know, 40 years later. And, um, uh, 
yeah, they, they, they embodied that. So I think I was fortunate. I don't think it was innate for, for me. I had to learn to give as I watched my daughter grow now too. It's funny. She's a lot like me and she's, uh, you know, at that age, I think I was very self-centered. So <laughs> I, I needed, <laughs> can I say that? Can you edit that? <laughs> I, I, no, but that, but that's the realness, right? Because oftentimes yeah. people just talk and, and uh, about and focus on the, the yummy stuff or the accolades or or whatnot. But I mean, really, to be birthed into where you are now in the tapestry of your life, that comes from a lot of life lessons and a lot of tough lessons, which really does mean going deep within, doing the introspection, uh, introspective work, you know, being focused and committed to daily growth, perpetual growth, and really wanting to just be the best version of yourself, which means sometimes we have to face a lot of ugly truths within ourselves to correct these things, correct? Oh, absolutely. And I think I, you know, I probably hung on to that piece. Even when I was doing the sanctuary, I was very impassioned about the animals, but I do remember thinking, I like wildlife more than I like people. And, mm-hmm. and I, I knew that was a, a real problem. And uh, so there was, there, was, there was a pivot shift. I remember there's a, a children's hospital in Toronto called Bloorview. It's for terminally ill kids. And mm-hmm. uh, we would take, um, gosh, you know, big Burmese python named Julius Squeezer and, and Amber <laughs> Mountain Lion and all these, you know, these critters to the hospital to give kids. You know, I expected to go and see people who were just, you know, ready to surrender life. And I just got a slap in the face. These kids were giving stuff back to me and they had months, you know, if, if, if they were lucky, left on this planet. And I, it, that was the, the cold water slap, I, I think, that uh, really just brought me to that place that, uh, you know, by having life, you've, you've won a lottery ticket. Now, if you're going to actually reimburse the earnings you got from your lottery ticket, you got to get out there and actually do things for others other than just yourself. And, and you know, that, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the natural response. Lovely. Lovely. So, you know, when we talk about leadership, you know, because clearly you embody what that means. You've you've led that by example. You execute that in your daily life. Uh, Again, the undercurrents of that would be gratitude, paying it forward and being of service. But, you know, it's such a buzzword. It's such a cliche, trendy thing in which to say. So, you know, in what ways do you believe um, for one to really walk their talk, for somebody to really anchor people up? What are the core essential ingredients within leadership one must consist of uh, consistently, I might add, uh, in order to be really taken seriously and credibly? I think uh, you're asking really, keep in mind there's a three-hour time difference here, so I'm going to have another sip of coffee here because these (laughs) great questions and my snapses are firing on all cylinders. Thank you very much. But, uh, you know, draw that distinction between leadership and, and, you know, in the business world and management, and you'll find that most folks actually, you know, go on the side of management. They're they're very good task-driven. Leadership is making alive uh, what is within all the people that you you know interact with? You help them reach to be them the best of themselves, and it's not through through just words. It's through um, it's through actions. And uh, so you know, my my partner uh, Larissa, you know, she goes downtown to the Women's East Side in Vancouver, you know, twice a month with literally two tons of clothing, you know, two hundred lunches, and just hands out and helps. And, you know, there's a lot of people who talk about giving uh, yes. and, and paying it forward, but we often do it in closed circles. You know, you, you know, I'd be on your podcast, you'd be on mine, et cetera. I really think for me, the definition of giving is giving to, to somebody who you don't know so that you create that new tendril, a 
one of the the, the fun, funny little things to do. And if uh, those listening, if you ever want to get a big smile off of someone's face, go to the grocery store and look at the person behind you. And, you know, if they haven't got a ton of groceries, but, you know, 10, 20, so offer them to buy them groceries. Say, listen, Lovely. could you help me out? Can you help me out? Um, you know, uh, I, I just, I need, I need to do this thing. I got to pay it forward today. It's my turn. And it's all of a sudden you watch the tills around you stop. And it's such a, you know, we talk about it. So that's, that's mm-hmm. the thing I'm trying to say is we, we talk about it, but as you said, you know, it's walk the walk and, and do it in different ways that to get people's attention. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we all know one of the common ways in which people, you know, when we talk about random acts of kindness, you know, it's happened to me a few times on both ends of it where I've paid it forward to the car behind me or the the car in front of me is paid back to me. Uh, but, you know, the coffee at Tim Hortons, um, yeah. which is always a treat. And I've also heard stories about people being in bookstores and they open up a page on a book and, you know, there's a gift certificate for 10 bucks <laughs> or 20 bucks. Like, I absolutely love those stories. So when you talk about different ways in which to be creative, um, you know, to really appeal to other different people in different sectors, different demographics. You know, that's really nice because a lot of people don't talk about that or use that as an example to illustrate the other sectors of people that would, in fact, benefit grocery lines. That would be perfect because we know (laughs) that groceries are going up in price. Gas is, you know, if anybody wants to fill up my tank of gas, I'll I'll, I'll take that. Hey, it's a buck sixty a liter out here today. As we wow, <laughs> I'll take that one too. Oh my god, that's but ridiculous. You can, you can migrate those kind of things to you know to the to the workspace as well, and I think that that's the beautiful thing because you know in the leadership piece, what everyone truly loves is is to be recognized, held for value, and have the opportunity for for growth. And and you know as uh, you know, I know you've got a lot of entrepreneurs and business folks who listen to this podcast. You know mm-hmm. that. The creative thing, and a lot of folks go. You know what? I'm just too busy to do that. I, you know, I'm, I'm just too, you know, into whatever project I'm I'm doing. And I just go. Well, what's the opportunity cost of not doing that? You know, you you have higher turnover, you have less engaged staff. So for me, just to circle back to that question about you know leadership pieces, it's just giving people the environment where they flourish, whether you are there or not, because they just feel empowered. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And so as somebody such as yourself, uh, Scott, you know, obviously you're a manifester, you're a visualizer, you're on fire, you've got lofty goals. You know, do you find yourself, um, because this is true of a lot of people, particularly people who are creative and of the entrepreneurial spirit, do you find that there's only a certain amount of shelf life for whatever it is that you endeavor to do? Okay, I got it done. I did the best that I could. I got out of it and I gave back what I, I could. Now I need to move on to something else. Are you one who likes to just go through the whole roster of things that are on your personal professional bucket list of things in which you need to achieve to honor your spirit? You know, I've never heard anyone ask so nicely, am I attention deficit? <laughs> that was beautiful, Lisa. It really was. <laughs> so t- ticking around, um, you know, in, in my youth, I always I, I teach a lot on entrepreneurship. And I, and I always say to the to the guys, did you know that the female entrepreneurs are five times more successful than male entrepreneurs? And and in a broad set of standards, that is, in fact, true. And, and the reason being is that, uh, you know, um, anybody who can latch on to an idea and hang with it and see it come to fruition is, is doing something well. So for me, um, you know, when I was at the 
principal at the high school, you know, in Vancouver, we, it was a private school for dyslexic kids. And we grew up from a student population of 55 to just under 200 in four years. And so I, I am, um, I'm a grower, uh, you know, as you mentioned before, I like the vision kind of piece. And when I see that sustained, uh, you know, sustaining something over the long term, you know, that's where I will call on other folks uh, that somebody else's sort of piece to do. So the short answer is yes, I, I love a four or five year project that I can sink my teeth into and, and hopefully have a, a positive impact and then uh, go on, you know, forward. Although the one that, you know, we're working on and have been working on since 2012 is just increasing in um in, in fire in the belly. And that's where, you know, we get uh, the, uh, the Zoomer folks, you know, 45 plus who are going to retire and they've been so trodden upon by life and, you know, corporate identity and all those things that they have lost, you know, in a lot of cases, a lot of the things that they're possible, they're, or excuse me, capable of doing things that they should be stre- stretching for. And, uh, you know, they might be an accountant and now, well, they'll be an accountant part time. Uh, you know, so they, they're not thinking as broadly. So that, that piece is, uh, you know, lit a belly and that's what started the, uh, passion pivots and the adventure five O tribe. Love it. Absolutely love it. And so for somebody who's committed to, you know, because it's part of your DNA, it's, it's the fabric of, of what you're made of. What do you foresee going forward as, as some of the additional endeavors or passions that have yet to be birthed or have yet to be honed? What else is it that you see yourself doing? I really want to take, uh, you know, the, the passion pivots. It's a program that we have, uh, that helps folks, you know, find first of all their passion, then to create a plan to even on a part-time basis, you know, whether they want to be a singer or a writer, an entrepreneur, whatever it is, develop a plan for that and then have a community, uh, to actually share those journeys with everybody. You know, there's a lot of people that do that in broad strokes, but I think when you get to be that 45 plus age, and I know, you know, you and I can talk in two or three decades when you get there, because I know you've got young kids as well. <laughs> yes. The the, uh, the motivations of what success is, the definition of what success is changes. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a there's, you know, it, and it changes for everybody at different times. So this one's focused on, you know, what would the legacy want? What would you want to be? I mean, there's always that great exercises, you know, write to your own eulogy. And what would you like people to say about you? And uh and uh, we want people, you know, who are at that age to, to come out of, uh, you know, have to work, to go into want to work on yes. things and, and then and to breathe fully when they make the decisions on what the want to work is. I mean, if we've all had places in our lives where we have felt less than fully capable and a lot of times when people get to 45, 50, 55, um, they've been in a job for 20, 30 years. Uh, they just they just want out. They need to decompress. And uh, what our job is to, you know, reinflate them uh, with the possibilities that they had when they were, you know, remember when you're in your, you know, teens and 20s, everything was possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, more of that kind of flavor so that uh, uh, they say, you know, if you take care, and I, you know, of, of your health in your 40s, uh, it will, you know, you will live up to 20 years longer and you will live fully and actively without the slow decay of, of you know, of, of seniorhood, if you will. Uh, <laughs> so that you hopefully sometime when you're 92, you just don't wake up. And, and so what we're trying to get folks to do is a holistic approach to to take a look at their confidence levels, what their passions are, what their health is. And when they're, you know, it's like having a finely tuned car when it's all working together. It's beautiful. It but, sings. Yeah, it sings. And so we, that's it. Maybe can I use that as a tagline? You know, we want people sure. to sing. Yeah. <laughs> sing and zing.
zing, zing, zing. So, you know, go ahead. I was just going to say, with, with that, with that in mind, in two thousand and nine, you know, I had the, uh, the one of the scariest moments of, of my my life in a positive way. It was uh, a friend called up, my friend Paul, who's just an absolute disturber. You know, he's always throwing these opportunities <laughs> at me, and I'm I'm sometimes hesitant to pick up the phone or text. But he says, "Hey, you know, they're having dance editions for the Olympics uh, tonight, and they need a couple more folks. Why don't you go down and audition?" <laughs> Now, I don't think you've ever seen a picture of me, but I'm I'm basically a brick. <laughs> I'm a short right. brick kind. Of, I am not a dancer type, but uh, you know, when I think of living fearlessly, you know, this is what I, I thought of. And, and so I went down to the audition, and we were the guy who directed High School Musical was conducting the audition, and I was, you know, I was reassured that this wasn't truly a dance audition. This was just a movement kind of thing. And uh, of gosh, oh, <laughs> columns of ten with plie left, and I don't even know what a plie is, and I still. <laughs> Um, and he put us through all that. And I, I walked out of there going, well, that was a waste of time because as everyone was going left, I was going right. And, you know, I was just totally out of sync with what was going on. But what it did was uh, I got a call uh, three weeks later that I was in. I was. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> so so now I, I actually had to, you know, uh, dance and, and we were on stage on the opening ceremonies of the Olympics. I don't know if it's a long time ago, but there's a great fiddler section there with um, Sarah yes. McLaughlin and oh, uh, yes. Sutherland. And and so that's when I was on stage and uh, three weeks before we're to go on stage, we're on stage for 11 minutes. I had a, a pain in my my belly and I'm going, yeah, oh, you know, just had some some bad food. But to, <laughs> four hours later, I had my appendix removed. And, oh, my God. Uh, this was three weeks before the uh, the opening ceremonies. And I wanted this bad. We'd put in over 100 hours of, of time to be on for 11 mm-hmm. minutes. And uh, anyways, um talked to the doctor he performed the the surgery in a way that would allow me to heal faster and so I managed to stay in the troop and I remember to this day walking on stage there was just eight of us walking in that BC place and with you know a television audience of two billion people and I'm going God. living fearlessly my god I was just hoping I was going to pick up my legs and uh, carry the log that I had to put on in center stage so <laughs> so for 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 listeners here you know it, uh, Think of little baby steps towards those ambitions. You don't have to think of the big goal. Just, you know, take that little baby step and see where it leads you. Well, I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing. And that's an extra little tip that I didn't know about you. Fascinating. Good for you. <laughs> I won't do it again. You there? You yeah, there? You there? Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay. So the other thing I want to ask you, too, um, you know, oftentimes people – Within the personal development industry, they often refer to, you know, you can only take off, you can only thrive, you can blossom once you've identified through clarity what it is, in fact, your why is. So does or has your personal why, Scott, has that ever changed and what would it be today? Yeah, and so I I would uh, disagree emphatically with that. Uh, Okay, interesting. I, I used to be of that masculine energy too. Like, there's the destination. Let's reverse engineer all these, you know, technical war-driven kinds of terms to find <laughs> our path to to go forward. And and I, I was talking to um, uh, somebody uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we were just talking about the different way mindsets can work. I think you can take. Um, you know, a small step in an area that will then reveal other opportunities that you couldn't see from where you started from. And so I think it can be, you know, a very or- organic process. I think the key thing is, 
to be trying something new so that you brush up against things that you haven't got preconceived notions on or you know you're overcoming some sort of fear so you develop confidence love that answer love that answer nobody's ever said that back to me or nobody's ever even <laughs> contradicted it or challenged it love it i think it can um, be both ways i think it can be both it depends on you know who you are but if you think you have to have that grand vision in mind um you know absolutely not when i was in hawaii and i thought about working with wildlife i was thinking of cats and dogs right and all of a sudden i'm sitting in a cage with a mountain lion you know who's got her tooth in the back of my back and uh, oh. oh i really hadn't expected this so, uh, <laughs> Amazing. So, you know, when we talk about mindset and we talk about uh, the importance of recognizing self-discipline and daily rituals and practices, things to keep you on the straight and narrow, because of course, as an entrepreneur, a lot of people are working in isolation. A lot of people require that time in order to get laser focused with their content, their vision, their mission, uh, you know, being a top tier producer. So what would be some of your daily rituals, mantras, uh, exercises, practices that keep you on the straight and narrow and keep you laser focused in your journey. Scott? Yeah, I, I would like, remember, I'm the attention deficit guy. So laser focus and I sometimes, uh, we have boxing <laughs> matches. <laughs> but I, I understand exactly what you're saying. And yes, I do have things. One uh, is uh, I really take care of, of my sleep patterns. I am always, uh, you know, and lights out uh, 1030 and uh, no computers beforehand so that uh, I can go to sleep. Because I think if you don't have the good sleep and, you know, you as a, as a parent too, you, you get that, you know, you're such a, a different entity if you're a couple of hours short. So that would be, you know, certainly one. The other one is practice of gratitude. Uh, I don't yes. have a phone beside my desk. Uh, I don't uh, look at anything uh, computerized or digital for a while. I, I, I actually sit and say, you know, hey, you know, thanks for, for different things. And and, uh, you know, this this morning, you know, uh, there was a, a, a speaking gig I had coming up and it got delayed on, you know, because of the poor gentleman, his wife passed away unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so Sorry all business was put us. Yeah, thank you. And, and, you know, all business gets put aside because, you know, at the end of the day, life is really about relationships. And so when you think about business and, and sort of laser focused, I, I really focus in on on relationships and how can I help somebody as opposed to, you know, what can I get from them? Mm -hmm. and, and so that becomes a, a, a key thing. Number, number, you know, and, and this is, this is where I, you know, speak a lot. So stop me at any point, please. No, I'm loving this. Keep going. <laughs> I'm sponging it up. I'm taking notes. You kidding? <laughs> you are so kind. Thank you. Uh, I do the heavy mental lifting. I'm a morning person. So, you know, I, I do my heavy mental lifting from seven to 11. So I don't take a lot of phone calls. And so if I have to do sales, if I'm an entrepreneur, uh, I, if I'm doing sales kinds of work, strategy kind of work, I don't get bogged down in, in minutia of working in the business. I want to work on the business in the morning while my brain is uh, is still quite functioning. And I get exercise every day, uh, you know, whether my body wants it or not, and whether it's five minutes or an hour. Um, you know, yesterday we were on the beach here because it was warm enough. And I'm sorry if it's not warm enough. Well, I, you know, it will be. It's August now, you know, playing beach volleyball. Uh, and, and so that just gets the blood flowing. So, you know, I get out of my chair, you know, every two hours for 15 minutes just to sort of uh, breathe and, and, and think of other things because it lets my brain scrub itself so that I can take on some, some more tasks. And then the final one uh, for perhaps for today is uh, I really believe in the power of your posse. And, and that's, you know, the five people mm -hmm. you hang with. And, and yes. Yeah, you too. Oh, yeah. 
Absolutely. And that changes because the more you grow and the more you evolve, uh, you know, people who once upon a time were your mentors, if they're really staunch and confident within their own leadership, they will know that, you know, there's a shelf life for everything. And so where they serve their purpose or their time in helping me, you know, mold you or shape you or guide you, uh, navigate you, however you want to preface it, they will encourage you to go find other people as you continue to soar. They would only want that for you. Absolutely. And particularly, you know, those can be professional mentors and what, but even the, the friendships that you have, you know, mm-hmm. you, can, you know, we want to hang around with folks who uh, are certainly not part of the same business sector. And you've probably got this. I mean, you've pioneered this podcast business model going forward. You want, uh, you know, people who are encouraging you because there's always a thousand reasons to to say no or be cautious. And, and you know, at some level, you're going to listen to those because there's some wisdom in that. But uh, I really believe in the power of persistence, uh, you know, going forward if you if you know that's a passion that you have. So those are a couple of things off the top of the head that sort of, uh, you know, keep the day. The other piece for me as an entrepreneur, and I don't know if anyone else listening gets this, I don't like to have two days identical uh, back to back. Yes. I, I need to mix up the sauce. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, and oftentimes I don't even have to craft it that way. It just turns into that on its own. It's got a life of its own. You go, you know, you've got your to-do list, and yes, you focus on that and you get that done uh, to the degree that you can. But there's other things that are unexpected that present themselves to you, and it's like next thing you know, you're off on another tangent of yumminess, and it's like, okay, this is fantastic. I couldn't have envisioned this. I couldn't have anticipated this. Yep. But that's that's what I love about being an entrepreneur because. A lot of people within your tribe, unbeknownst to you, maybe not having interfaced with them or connected with them at the time, you become on their radar or they're on your radar and all of a sudden the phone's ringing and next thing you know, you're you're doing a gig together. You're, you're writing a book together. You're yeah. in a chat. You know, I just I absolutely love that. Yeah. And, and, you know, when it comes to those kinds of things that you're talking sort of, you know, business development and opportunities and networking opportunities, I always think those need to rise to the top if in fact they are bona fide opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't have a, you know, an active day calendar, uh, you know, where time is scheduled away. And I, I fought this for a long time because I, you know, I'm an improv comedy guy. I can turn left and turn right and, and I enjoy <laughs> that kind of thing. But I, I know some people don't, you know, they, they need to have the structure. So, I am now one of the converted and, you know, <laughs> take a look at my day calendar. You know, it's, it's broken out by hour or two. You know, there, there's certainly some flex in there, but I think an entrepreneur needs to have systems so that each week there are there are times for business development. Uh, you know, each week there's times to make sure that the financial viability of the business is still trucking along, even if it's just, you know, 15 minutes checking in with your QuickBooks and whatever systems you have. So uh, systemization, I guess, is sort of the, the last piece that if you want to make, uh, you know, a business long term viable and you've got that. I mean, you know, we talked to Cameron here today who's helping you out there and you've got folks at the back end, Shelly, who, you know, who've helped out that those are the kinds of systems I think that make entrepreneurs really successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that goes back to what you just said momentarily ago with, you know, you have to know who your five people are. You know, we need to know who your tribe is, who's really going to bat for you, who really understands and embraces and endorses your vision and who's going to help take you there. Because for all the hats 
that go along with being an entrepreneur. It's impossible to do it all on your own. We have different skill sets and rather than donating our time to things that we struggle with just to kind of piece it together, you've lost all that creative time. You've lost the momentum. So you definitely have to relinquish that and go, okay, I can't control everything. I don't want to control everything. It's counterintuitive to expect that that's going to be effective for me and just relinquish it. And people, people will surround you and and prop you up and go, okay, we got you. We got your back, Lisa. Yeah, you, you need to be able to do that. And it's interesting when you were saying that, I, I just, uh, you mentioned at the beginning, I had this book and I wrote it, you know, eight or nine years ago, Start Me Up. And uh, it was my my first book and I was trying to get it into chapters, you know, across Canada here, chapters mm-hmm. indigo. And uh, I brought a guy out uh, to from Toronto who runs G Adventure Tours, Gap Adventure Tours, and they do, you know, boutique adventure tours around the world. And they do about a hundred million a year. And I brought him out to speak to my entrepreneurial students and he did a great chat. Had to fly back to Toronto that night. And we're stuck in the car in Vancouver traffic uh, on the way to the airport because I offered to give him a ride. And it just shows you the power of of, of, of networking because we're sitting there chatting and he's, you know, 10 years younger. And I'm looking at him going, man, you're immensely successful. What can I learn from you? Because, you know, it's just a, an amazing guy. Mm-hmm. And he found a copy of my book in the car. And, he, you know, I said, there's a piece on you there, Bruce, about being an entrepreneur. He said, can I read it? And I said, sure. And he said, can I take this? And I said, no problem. You know, it's a, I love it. If you have it, mm-hmm. he said, I'd like to give it to somebody. And he says, you know, at the Toronto Raptors basketball game, I sit beside this lady and her name's Heather Reisman. Get out! <laughs> Get out! <laughs> and, you know, so for our listeners, Heather Reisman was and still is, I believe, you know, the, the president uh, of, of Chapters Indigo Canada. And, uh, you know, within three weeks, my book was, you know, easily quick lined into uh, the shelves of chapters that I could have never, despite, you know, all my best efforts get into. So, you know, uh, the thought was you just, you know, turn a good, uh, uh, be kind, you know, give things away, uh, try to hang with folks who can open other doors and open doors for them. And you just it just seems to be an abundance of good things waiting to happen. Absolutely. And I truly believe, and I say this consistently, Scott, I don't believe in coincidences. It's all about alignment. It's all about synergies. And to me, it's really about the energies that you're committed to emitting out there. And the universe will reward you, you know, depending on how you dialogue with yourself, because I really do intrinsically believe the way in which you dialogue with yourself, Mm -hmm. that's what shows up. So if you're, you know, self-defeating, if you're lambasting yourself, if you're continuously finding fault or you're, you know, you see things from a negative perspective, is it no surprise that what continues to show up in your life is therefore negative based? No. Yep. Right? And 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 conversely for the positive. So when you've got a choice, because it does come down to choice fundamentally, why would you not err on the side of positivity? Really? Mm-hmm. And it, it's interesting, too, because that old cliche, uh, you know, it's uh, hard to soar like an eagle when you work with turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, for those who are stuck in, you know, places where negativity, because, you know, I think as human beings, sciences or something like 200 times more prone to negative responses and positive just to stay alive. So that's that's where a lot of people go naturally. But, you know, it's fun to watch a conversation turn around. Like if, if you and I were chatting and you just put in this thing of positivity, you know, one or two other people will pick up on that. So if you're, you know, in, if in an office environment or around folks who who hover on that, you know, always the problem or the challenge side, uh, you know, it's a neat social experiment to watch them switch. They just need a little bit of fuel to get it going. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because eventually, and I've been in those situations too, where, you know, the majority of the people call it a workspace, whatever, 
are positive, they're talking about positive things, they're very complimentary, they're very encouraging, they've got smiles plastered on their face. And the person who kind of walked into that with the negative framework and, and perspective, once they tap into that energy, they realize, oh, I'm kind of like the fifth wheel here. I don't fit. Maybe it's because of what's coming out of my mouth or the fact that I look miserable. And they convert pretty quickly because it is. It's just kind of the social norms and conditioning of, you know, this isn't, I'm not really fitting in here, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know in several places where you know, if there is somebody like that, of course, you, you know, you need to bring up some challenges here and there. But the idea was that you couldn't bring them up unless you had a, a positive you know, twist to try to solve the problem as well. Mm-hmm. So that you have to take ownership for those kinds of things, too. And that helps a little bit, because when you talked about energy and Lisa, that's what really resonated with me is, you know, you're in a space, you know, you and I actually happen to be in, in a similar spaces. We, we both love to help people get on with doing amazing things in their lives, but you can meet people in totally different sectors, but their attitude is the Mm. same Mm -hmm. and positive. And I sometimes feel like I have, you know, more in common with attitude than I do say, you know, business skill. Absolutely. uh, Good point. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's why you resonated with me instantly. You know, I mean, you, you have a very infectious energy, which I know is emanating throughout the airwaves right now, which is going to resonate with the listening audience. So good on you, because that's not something that you can, you, you can't contrive that it, it either is or it isn't. And, uh, you know, from the moment you and I interfaced with one another, it was instantaneous and you were referred to me. So people really think the world of you, you're quite highly regarded. Thanks for that. I appreciate that. It's true. It's absolutely true. So, you know, one thing I often say, Scott, is, you know, be your own hero, be your own shiro, be your own leader, be your own best friend. In Mm -hmm. what way do you embody that? In what way are you your own cheerleader or your own best friend? How do you nurture yourself? How do you talk nicely to yourself? It's usually around minute 34 on the elliptical when I've gotten (laughs) energy (laughs) going for and I'm about to collapse. Uh, It it, it goes for, you know, I, I, it's funny when I, here's, here's the way I'd say this is um, I don't keep score when I play sports, when Mm -hmm. I golf, when I play ball or anything like that. Um, I want to play hard. And the only person I ever want to compare myself against uh, is, is myself. Yes. And and to, to be my best self, because, you know, uh, there's all reasons I shouldn't be comparing against other people, different circumstances, life spaces, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think as my best friend, when I took that away, that I, I don't need to compare myself to others. And that's how, you know, companies are, are typically, you know, are they doing well or not based upon, you know, other companies in the sector. It, it just sort of it helped me chill out. Um, and that I could look for incremental change and, and, and benefits. So um, I practice, um, uh, you know, uh, you know I, I really love humility in the world. Mm. So, you know, that uh, my dad knocked me off my high pedestal a lot when I was in my teens and 20s when I was getting a little too cocky for myself. <laughs> Although he, he really, you know, helped me understand that, uh, you know, humility is a beautiful thing. And, and, and if, you know, that's what I, I get attracted to in, in other people when, you know, and, and that's interesting in the speaking business, too. Yes. Because there's, there's so much um, self-bravado and, and people think it is a necessary uh, evil for, for marketing and whatnot. And, you know, even in your intro, and, and, and this is no false platitude towards you, but, you know, saying thank you to your, your sponsors and your family and, and just talking to you, like, I know how grateful you are that you've, you've been able to do this. You've worked hard for it, 
but you know there's there's a humility that you know that, that goes along with it and i think that kind of uh Energy is something that I, I try to embody, and the, my posse all embody that. There, there's no alpha-driven, I am the world uh, controller kind of personas that uh, you know that come to to play in my posse. Well, that's lovely, and I appreciate the kind words. Um, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. Yes, I am a very grateful, fundamentally grateful person, and I say this quite often for everything that's happened in my personal life and my backstory and having previously once upon a time worked uh, 25 years in social services, crisis management specifically. The imprint that's been left on my soul and my memory for different things I saw for people who were disenfranchised, marginalized, oppressed, abused, uh, the disclosures that were made to me, you know, having been surrounded by people who have taken their own life, all kinds of different circumstances. I really, when I say I don't take anything lightly or I don't take anything for granted, you can take that to the bank because really, I, you know, you've seen so much in your life. I've witnessed so much tragedy in my life. Um, if, if anything, I've never used that to bring me down or to weigh me down. I've thought, exactly. you know what, this is, I've got one shot at this and I'm, it's a miracle to even be here. It would be an, an assault on my birth if I didn't take full advantage of, of my time here on this earth and, and serving like servant leadership. What can I do for people? What can I do to give back? Uh, yeah. because certainly people have been very kind to me, uh, in different times in my life, I've been taken under people's wings. So thank you for saying that and recognizing that in me because I really do hope that comes across. I'm forever grateful for everybody who's played a pivotal role in my journey, truly. Yeah. No, and, and your sister. When, when when you say that, I think, you know, we're, we're related that way because that is, uh, you know, paying it uh, forward. I, I always, I remember Richard Branson had a TV show one year and he was, you know, who wants to be a millionaire kind of something like that. Mm -hmm. He drove all the contestants in disguise. He disguised himself as a taxi driver and drove <laughs> all the contestants to the airport to see what they would be like if they weren't talking to him, mm. how did they treat everybody in, in their day, whether that person had given to them something or not. And, uh, you know, two of the people didn't make it on the plane because, hey, I'm a lowly, he's a lowly taxi driver. I'm going to treat him like, you know, scum. And, uh, and uh, that's what Branson always embodied mm -hmm. too. Like, you know, you just need to be, that's just the right thing to do, be nice to people. So, you know, that's how you can always tell someone's true character when nobody's watching. How are they treating the folks that, you know, could, who could really use yeah. that and gentle hand going forward. They're not doing it because the, the photo op is there or anything like that. This is just who they are. Ah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good example. Thank you for sharing that. So, Scott, being cognizant of time, you know, there's a couple things I want to wrap up with. Opportunity. Where can people buy your book? Where can people connect with you, whether it be for an initial consultation, whether it be to follow you on social media, pick your brain about something, collaborate, partner? How can people find you? Well, really cool because in two months uh, in October, we're having uh, workshops in uh, Vancouver and Calgary and uh, mm -hmm. Ottawa and Toronto. So you can go uh, to the website, which is uh, scottarmstronglimitless.com, mm -hmm. and that's Scott with two Ts. And uh, we have uh, we have webcasts, you know, uh, ahead of time so that you can find out what we're about, you know, get a deeper flavor of what we're doing with Passion Pivots and see if it if it fits with you. You know, we're we uh, we love having folks join our tribe if, in fact, that's what they're you know, they would like to have. So certainly that's one place they can go and get it. Uh, the book True Cost and its uh, sequel might even be out by then called Birthright. And uh, my other mm. book, Entrepreneur is uh is uh, there are available on Amazon as well. So those would be two ways of connecting. And you know what? If you just feel like dropping me an old-fashioned email, you know, really go old school. Yay! 
It's uh, Scott at scottarmstronglimitless.com. And my, my gosh, we might even migrate to a Zoom or a phone chat if, if, you know, if we're real people. So you know, we'll let that be as it is. Amazing. Well, I do prefer the old-fashioned correspondence. You know, once we've met or I meet or connect with somebody on a social media platform and LinkedIn, as everybody knows, is my favorite because it's really like-minded people in many respects. Yes. Uh, what I do on a daily living. So people were like, oh, you know, like, you know, they want to go back and forth in the messenger. And it's like, no, here's my phone number. Can you please give me a call? They're like, serious? Uh, yeah. You did that to me yesterday and I had to take a look again, put on my glasses to make sure <laughs> this doesn't happen. <laughs> well, it, I just think it, I mean, it, particularly for what I do, you know, I want to, I want to talk to you because oftentimes people are reaching out to me as a prospective guest on radio. Well, I need to know what our synergies are going to be like in order to know that that's going to be appropriate and that's going to be well received by my loyal listeners. Cause I always make those decisions based on what they want, what they expect. Uh, and if we're not gelling on the phone, you know, thank you, but no, thank you. I wish you all my best, but I don't think this is going to be a good fit. You know, um, or alternatively, and nine times out of ten, it is a good fit, and uh, the energy is is mutually synergistic, and and it's like, yeah, you know, my listening audience is definitely going to resonate with you. Let's book a date. So fantastic. So you you've used this interview time very well. Um, you've used a lot of personal examples and illustrations, metaphors, analogies, stories, um, to really highlight living fearlessly. Um, what I would like to know from you, if you could succinctly let it be known, what does living fearlessly in a sentence mean to you? Oh, you're doing this to me again. One more thing. I am. Yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> For me at this point in time, if, if there's something that I want to do and, and I, ha- I have a, a, a vision in mind is uh, to, to let go – let go all the different fears and obstacles that I have built up to prevent me from getting to it. So living fearlessly for me means actually taking steps each and every week towards, you know, and I've got two or three goals that I'm going towards. So um, that's, uh, you know, and the goals, by the way, uh, are no more than uh, usually 18 months out uh, because otherwise they just become, you know, want to sometimes. So 18 mm-hmm. months requires action. So for me, it's letting, you know, go of, of, of fears that I have and, and, uh, you know, uh, one of my fears is uh, I'm very claustrophobic and uh, and I wanted to go on a caving expedition in northern Vietnam because uh, we we do some charity work up there. And I thought it'd be really kind of cool to do that. So I have to <laughs> continually lock myself in a closet and get used to. Wow, <laughs> good for, for you. Because, uh, you know, if I ever have an MRI, I, I just can't do that kind of stuff. So um, right. take little steps and, you know, sort of for me to get over those fears. So it's a very specific example, but that's what I try to do each and every day. If I get really comfortable, then then I know I'm not doing uh, I'm not doing myself or 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 my my family and friends any favors. Absolutely. Well, I love that and I appreciate that. So, as far as imparting words to the listening audience, if you could give them something in terms of a takeaway, a breakthrough, what would you want your last words or your most pivotal message here to be? <laughs> uh, you know, to land with them, uh, to, you know, yeah. What would you want to say to them? Yeah. Don't, uh, when you're thinking about your, your future and what you do career or pursuit wise, and you can interchange those two, don't sell yourself short. You are capable. If I can dance in the Olympics, (laughs) I can go swimming underwater with a Jaguar. Um, if I can speak in front of 10,000 people, it's sky dome. And I hate public speaking, by the way, I I hated that. Really? 
Yeah, I, I nervous Nelly. I, uh, my, my, yeah, my first audience was twenty seniors, half asleep, half blind, half. <laughs> I almost didn't show up. Um, so I just know that incremental steps along the way with right encouragement, like Elisa or <laughs> folks in your life, um, are going to to get you there. So you know, you don't have to have the vision; just have a direction and, and take a step of growth, and uh, that would be a great uh, piece to do. And if you know what your passion is then start thinking about how do you, you know, you don't want to quit your day job yet, um, but how do you bring that passion part-time into your life and, and restructure the the time schedule so that you can let it breathe a little bit? It's such a cool feeling. And and yeah. life goes yeah. by so quickly. You know, Oh, it's so it's, fleeting. It's yes. so fleeting. I used to say, Scott, I say this quite regularly too, you know, I used to once upon a time say there's not enough hours in the day. I consistently say now there's not enough days in the week, you know, yeah. and so my, <laughs> So my way of inventing another day, you know, because it's like entrepreneur, how do you create, how do you solve your own problem? So it's like I get up X amount of hours earlier before my kids get up every single day, which adds on to make up another work day. That's how I do it. Right. And I love it. I love it. So, yeah. So unfortunately, we're going to have to say cheerio in a second here. Um, But I do want to say thank you very much. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, You know, I, I love different things about different guests that I showcase, but I certainly got so much out of this. Like I said, I've been taking notes. I can't wait for the podcast to be released because then without me being in the role of being host and on, I get so much more out of it when I can play it back and just hear everything. And then I take more notes and I sponge up so much yumminess. So this is, again, you've (laughs) paid it forward and you've been of service to me as well as to my listeners. And I want to thank you very much for that, Scott. Very generous and very kind. A very wonderful time. It's great to be with you, Lisa. Well, you're welcome back here anytime, my friend. I love the laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's work. This is work, right? <laughs> no kidding. It's like yeah. I'm getting paid for this. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I just want to wish you all my very best and continued success. No doubt that you're going to continue to rock whatever it is that you've got in the tank and other things that are upcoming. Um, but yeah, I just want to say thank you very much. Please, listeners, reach out to Scott. Hope you two have been taking notes. Uh, feel free to reach out to him. And of course, if you not buy a pen and paper and you're driving when you're listening to this the podcast will be released shortly uh and you can at your own convenience take slow it down rewind and reach out to scott i strongly encourage you to do so so to my listening audience i want to thank you once again uh we're now half a million more than half a million living fearlessly podcast subscribers could not do it without you. Uh, really appreciate people who understand what my purpose, my mission, my passion is, which is to uplift people to fear less and to live more. Couldn't be doing it in a vacuum. So thank you. Thanks again to my corporate sponsors, Halt and Honda and Forever, for believing in myself, my guest of each week, and the content of the program. Uh, thank you to both C-Suite Radio Network and to the Contact Talk Radio Network, where, of course, I'm found with my host page, Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, in each week's podcast. So I just want to say all my best. Have a phenomenal weekend. Love and gratitude to all of you. Take care. We'll be back here again next Friday, 8 a.m. Pacific, 10 Central, 11 Eastern. Uplifting you to fear less and to live more. Love and gratitude. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.